What's up, everybody? Before we get started, I wanted to remind you to leave us a rating or review. It takes about a second and it makes my entire day. Thank you so much for all of your ratings and reviews of the podcast. Really appreciate you guys listening. I also want to remind you that tickets to my Five Ways to Foil 2021 tour are on sale now. You could visit www.ginabianca.com or hit the link in my bio on Instagram for all ticket info. I hope to see you guys there. It will be an honor to see you in one of my classes. We're hitting a bunch of different cities. We'll be in Tampa, Orlando, Fort Lauderdale, Oakhurst, Miami, Houston, Atlanta, Las Vegas, Salt Lake City, Claremont, San Diego, and Southington, Connecticut. I can't wait and I hope to see you guys there. All right, let's get into the interview. You're going to freaking love this one. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Gina Bianca podcast. Today, I have the honor and pleasure of interviewing one of my friends, but we're not that close yet. Like, I only got into have a couple conversations with her, but every time I talk with her, I'm just like, I love this girl. And I've been following her for a long time. I've been watching her. I really love what she does. I believe in her. I love following her Instagram and hearing, you know, all the things that she believes in. And I, love that she's in a salon close to me in Connecticut. I really am excited to introduce you guys to Danielle Fusco. She's super awesome. Her Instagram is Danielle does hair. She's got this super brand. I remember seeing her on Facebook. She went to school with my brother and, um, he messaged me one day and he's like, this girl is awesome. You need to follow her. And he was always just like, Danielle does hair is dope. And he would say it all the time. And so I always followed her and watched her and I've been watching her for many years. And I wanted to have her on the podcast because I want you guys to know about her too. She's really, really amazing. She specializes in reds. She's a salon owner. She's an educator. I like she's teaching so much on Instagram and she's doing her own classes. So I'm really excited for her to tell her story. And if you're a stylist listening to this, who wants to educate, if you're a stylist here, who wants to open a salon, her story is awesome. And I'm really excited for her to share it with us all. So Danielle, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. So excited to just learn more about you, uh, get to know you more. And just, I want to hear your story and how you got to where you were. And I know that we're going to help elevate the beauty industry by what you share. Thank you so much, Gina, for having me here. My pleasure. So Danielle, for, I mean, I gave you a mini intro, but for anyone who's never heard of you or anything, please let them know who you are and um, what you do. So um, I'm a stylist and a salon owner, new salon owner in Connecticut. And I specialize in reds. I like to do vivids. I really like to do all kinds of dimension. You know, there's not much that I will turn away from doing. I love doing hair um, and I've been doing hair licensed for about four years and i say licensed just because um i was also doing my hair or doing hair in um, a home salon in my house when i was in hair school um and i actually had a full clients when i was in hair school so i consider that like first year like my real first year doing hair but yeah about about five years total doing hair and i would say four licensed and you said you had a full book of clients working from your house in hair school yeah i did I'm, that's something i'm definitely um like, I, I don't like to brag about it, but I, I definitely am proud of that. And that's really, um, it's 
definitely because of like social media and everything that like is available to us like nowadays that you know we didn't have years ago but I definitely am super super thankful for that how old are you I'm 23 you're 23. You're so young and you're killing it. Like, I'm so proud of you. And I've been watching you like on social media. I watched you. I'm like, she's a savage. I'm like, Danielle does hair. I literally <laughs> call you your Instagram name. Like people call me my government name. Like when they talk about me, they're like, oh, Gina Bianca. Like I call you. I'm like, Danielle does hair. Like I literally like go off your, your handle as like your government. I'm like, she's a savage. And I, I tell people to follow you. I share your work all the time. I think you do gorgeous work. And I would love to just learn more about how you built these clients and like just more about you as an artist too so why don't you tell me like your story and start start from wherever you want I want to learn all about you yeah so it's so funny um everybody actually does call me Danielle this hair at first when I had like came up with the name my friend actually came up with it because she was like when I was doing hair in my house like she was my first client ever and it wasn't even really a client sort of situation it's so funny actually your brother was present for like the first hair that I ever did in my house and um she was like bent over in my kitchen sink and like there was like bleach all in her eyes like crazy <laughs> shit and she's like she's like oh man like Danielle does hair like you know Danielle's like trashy hair salon and I was like you know what that's gonna stick dude like I'm gonna run with that but um no, my backstory is, um, I would say it's like a little bit, it's a little bit crazy. So um, I've always been like a really creative person from when I was a kid. I think that you know, people's like creativity too, like it often reflects like in their work. Like you see all these artists and they have like work that's so authentically theirs. And if you look at some of my work, like you can see it's, it's kind of like me, like it's a little bit of everything. It's all over the place. But um, I had been a creative person from when I was a kid. And I even feel like I was attracting, attracted to like, marketing from when I was a kid and that's such a weird thing to say but it's like I remember being in like the sixth grade and I came out with like a newspaper that I wanted to like hand write and like give to my whole class and like I wanted everybody to see it and like I just wanted to advertise and like I had other kids like doing like columns for the paper it was just so crazy that's so um, cool yeah and I like <laughs> I had that I had that in me from when I was a kid and then like it, it's like a little sad it goes for like a little bit of a dip so like I ended up just kind of losing myself when I was a teenager because, you know, I had been bullied a lot. Like, you know, I was kind of weird and, you know, everybody kind of has that story about how when they were bullied, it kind of like changed them as they were older for a little bit. So I had a really loving family. Like I came from a musically talented family. Both my parents are musicians and I was always like exploring really big dreams and stuff. But when I was about like 15 years old, I decided that I wanted to run away from my life and um, run away and jump out my bedroom window and go live with this boy that I had been seeing. And um, I really didn't have a lot of confidence in myself. Like I was bullied and he was the first person who ever really gave me attention. And so I was attracted to the fact that like he had no rules and like I could go out and just like do whatever I wanted. So. Um, when I had come back home, you know, my mom was like not having that shit. Like my clothes were in a garbage bag and she was like, you know what? If you want to live in this house, like you need to figure your shit out. Like you need to like actually do everything yourself because I'm not going to reward this behavior. So I was so focused on like the little things. Like I was failing school completely, but I was so obsessed with going to the prom. So I was like, oh my God, like I really just want to go to the prom with my boyfriend, like blah, blah, blah. And my mom was like, listen, you can go to the prom. I'm just not going to buy you anything for it. So that was when like my creativity, like it was almost like a fight or flight mode. 
So I like borrowed a prom dress and I actually made shoes by like hot gluing flowers onto my sandals. And I was like, I want to have my hair and makeup done so bad. And my mom was like, no, like you're not getting it done. And it's so funny. I should have known that I would, I should have gone into hair because like I was all over Pinterest, like looking up updos, like so obsessed, more obsessed than the dress. Like I didn't care. I was like, I'll get a dress from the Goodwill, but like I need my hair and makeup done. So um, totally. I was like, you know what? You know what I mean? Like your hair and makeup, like my hair and makeup looks good. Like I'm like, I could wear, I could wear pretty much anything. You know what I mean? So um, I, anyway, so I ended up just being like, you know what? I could style people's hair and I could probably do it for like dirt cheap. And then like they'll probably come. So I just ended up, I remember the five girls that I did. I was like, I'll do your hair for like $25. And I ended up like curling all these girls hair for the prom. And I took a bunch of pictures. Like I put it all over Facebook. And what I noticed about myself, like in those moments is that I wasn't just kind of like doing it for the money. Like it ended up being like, I was actually interested in their hair looking as perfect as I possibly could make it. And then taking the pictures and like blurring out the background and like putting it on Facebook and making sure that it was like perfect. So I think that was one of my first indicators that this could have been something that was a little bit fulfilling for me. How old were um, you? So my mom, at this time I was 16 years old. So you're 16, 16, just doing hair, taking pictures, like living in 2020. <laughs> like literally. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, so it's, cool. It's, yeah. So um, my mom at this point, after I had done this, was like, you know, why don't, by the way, um, I did end up making money, get my hair done by an awesome girl. But um, So my mom was like, why don't you go find like a job at a hair salon, like part time? Because my mom was like on my ass every day about getting a job. She was like, you cannot live in this house unless you get a job. You know, it was like, it was like every day so I was like you know what you're right like maybe I could go and just like assist or like you know help out like to me like that was better than working at like a grocery store like I just and like no no fault there at all it's just like I want I never want to do anything that didn't interest me because I was like I was such a brat at the time I can relate um, so, so I remember I can relate yeah, right? so much to all of that so like much. I felt like I was better than I felt like I was better than working. I had no drive, I had no ambition. Like I was just like I, I just want to sit on my couch and do nothing. Like even when I graduated high school, like one of my one of my counselors like brought me in and was like, "We just want to make sure that you're not like sitting on your couch and like eating potato chips all day." And I was like, "That's exactly what I intend on doing." Like in my head, you know. Um, but it's like I I can totally relate to that in a sense of like if it's if I'm not interested in it, I don't want to do it. Like I could care actually less than nothing for it if I don't yeah. if I don't have the interest in it. Like I can totally relate to that. But I bet if you do have the interest, you're like you soar. You know what I mean? Like absolutely. Just, you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, anyways, I I end up calling like. 30 places right some of the places we actually grew up in the same town me and you so, i know um, i called yeah i called like watertown like a bunch of places in watertown some of the places were like you got to be licensed to even be in here um most of the places were just not hiring and then i end up calling one place outside of watertown in middlebury and um she owns a very established business and um she actually gave me a chance to work there and wash hair and i remember like going to the interview right and i i went to the interview and like sat in like the front part of the salon and I just knew like after like, I swear to God, like living in like cars and like doing crazy shit, like sitting here, like I felt like I was in the fucking Hamptons. Like this place was run. You could tell like everybody was into what they were doing. Like they were dressed a certain way. The conversation was a certain way. And I remember like I was in a black dress with flowers all over it. And I met the owner. I shook her hand and she said, I love your dress. I love that you have a pop of color, but my dress code is black, white and gray but this is fine. And that's how I knew in that moment, like, this is not the type of place that I could just like be a little badass. Like I think I am like, if I get this job, I almost didn't want the 
job because I was like, I don't want to like get this job because I don't know anything about communicating with the public. I know nothing about customer service, but um, I ended up getting that job as an assistant and it was really tough. Like she was awesome and she had an amazing reputation and so many people knew of her, but like I couldn't understand why somebody was so obsessed with the little details. Like she, I was like, why does this woman care how well I shampoo hair? Why does she care that I like come into work 10 minutes early? Why, like, why does this shit matter? And if I didn't have that structure, like early on, like I was like, oh, this sucks. I hate work. I hate my life, you know? But like, if I didn't have that structure, like I wouldn't have succeeded as much as I did when I actually ended up getting my shit together and going to school because I feel like that old school mentality of like, you know, you need to, you need to be a certain way. Like you need to act a certain way. Like these customers, like everybody talks like, you know, and you want your reputation to be amazing. Like that to me, like that to me, like, you know what I'm saying? Like if I didn't have that, if I didn't have that like core, like structure, I probably wouldn't have been where I'm at today. That structure is huge. And if I, if I can add, we share a mentor because Odette's one of my mentors too. Yeah, she is really honestly, she's I'm going to, I'm going to invite her on the podcast. I already decided last time me and you talked, but, um, I don't know if, can I share this story about Odette and I would, I'm going to have her on here if, if she'll come on, I'm going to invite her though. But, um, when I was opening my salon, I was just like you posting, 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 and like out in the world, like out in the wild, like posting yeah. hair and um, really trying to make a name for myself on social media. And Odette's really good on social media in a sense of like, she watches and her brand is really great. And mm -hmm. I was opening my salon and she would always slide in my DMs and just be like, hey, how's it going? Or hey, like, you know, we had, we also had some mutual friends in common. One of my friends worked there. A few of my friends worked there. And she always just slid in my DMs and showed like concern for me, like as a mentor. And uh, I remember opening my salon and being so freaked out of what I'm going to do. And she, I, I remember just messaging her for help and being like, what do I do about this? Or what can I do about this? And I bet if I scroll all the way back into our DMs, I've got a million questions from her that she helped me with the same way I help others. You know, she helped me. And mm -hmm. I remember I showed up to her salon one day um, because she was like, here, I have something for you. And I showed up to her salon. It was the first time I ever met her in person because we were only talking on Facebook. And she gave me this giant uh, binder of salon systems. And she was yeah. just like, here you go. And she didn't know yeah. me from really anybody. She was just like, has that genuine, like genuine, like big sister energy. Oh yeah. That's the beautiful thing about Odette. So like Odette and I talk all the time and like, I like, I ended up having like a really long conversation with her when I ended up opening my salon. And I just told her, like, I was like, when I was 16, like I was petrified of you and I like, I couldn't stand you because I thought that like, I thought that you were like so scary, but in, in reality, like she always, always wanted the best for me. Like she never told me like, you can't do it. She never told me like, you know, and, and you know, that, that there is like, that just shows like how, gen like I like when some, like I appreciate so much more now in my life if somebody keeps it real. Like when I was 16, I wanted somebody to be nice to me and I wanted somebody to tell me everything I wanted to hear. And that's why I kept being such a brat because like everybody around me just kind of like bowed down to me. And then when I was there, like she tells people like, you know, I petrified Danielle Fusco because it was like, you know, that's just what, that's just what like, you know, she wasn't going to tolerate certain shit. Like she wasn't going to like, you know, the, the stuff that was in her salon, like she wanted it to be a certain way. And I respect that because she ended up telling me when I opened my salon, she was like, dude, like you're going to be me because 
now that I'm in my salon, like, it, like I'm so OCD about like certain things, like certain things have to be a certain way, you know? And she just honestly, genuinely to her core has a really big heart. You know, she's an awesome person. And, and I think that her mentality has really, like, I can call her whenever I need her. Like if I need her totally. for something, like I, I know that I can call her, you know? So, um, that yeah, was great. She's, and uh, she's I really just, great. I didn't know if you knew that we had a mentor in common. <laughs> I didn't know if you knew that. Yeah, that's, that's actually, yeah, that's so crazy. I mean, I like, I, I know that like everybody in here kind of like everybody around this area, I feel like kind of knows each other. You know what yeah, I mean? But like, not that way. way though. Yeah. Not, not everybody, like, yeah. but everybody knows everybody, but I knew we had stuff in common and we already have a lot of mm -hmm. stuff in common. So I just love to hear your story yeah. and I'm definitely going to yeah. ask Odette to come on because she is a savage. And when mm -hmm. I was a employee based salon owner at Gina Bianca hair, I literally was very strict we had fun, but I had like very strict systems, policies, procedures, cleaning, like everything was super strict. Mm -hmm. And like, I would coach in the moment. Like it would be like, okay, come here. Like, let me talk to you about this. And I was like, I would scare the shit out of people too, but I wanted to give them that beautiful foundation that was given to me. So that old school mentality of like accountability and like being real, I think that that's mm -hmm. huge. And I think that that's something we need to never lose in our industry. So sorry to cut you off, but I just wanted to share that with you. No, you didn't cut me off. Yeah, it's so funny. Like you, you think like we have people in common, but then it's like you don't really know. Cause I, that's so funny that we have that like that similarity how, there. How deep it goes. <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy. Um, so yeah, I worked there for like I worked there for two years, and you know, it's funny because like I didn't realize how much like that gave me until I went to hair school. Like that was when I really realized it. But as I was working there, like I physically hated the job. Like I hated. Um, I hated just being around like, you know, just like people in general. Like I felt like I was just becoming like a very antisocial person. I also was um, drinking and smoking a lot of the time. So I was really just not in a good headspace. You know, my anxiety was at an all time high and just I was in toxic relationships. So it was just bad. But um, when I had graduated high school, I decided to take a gap year. Um, and I was like, I'm going to do music. Like I'm going to figure out music. You know, I actually, um, this is like a kind of a side thing, but I actually, um, I'm a very talented singer and I actually was really good in that area. So I was like, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to try to do. You know, um, hair was like, just not really like at the forefront of my mind at the time. Um, so I had like wanted to do that. And then I had done like a couple of performances and I had one person tell me, you know what, Danielle, you clearly don't really want to do this because if you wanted to do this, you would be busting cables and you'd be in New York right now and you'd be busting your ass doing this. And you're just kind of doing things here and there and kind of like fly, flying by the seat of your pants. And that conversation like was something that really like jacked me in the place. Like, wow, I really, I really don't know what I'm doing. So I had, I had kind of one particular incident with my mom. And I was like, you know, I'm going to go see if I could move in with my dad and like pull some bullshit with him, which it wasn't going to work because they were always on the same page. Um, and I had a conversation with my sister that made me go to hair school. You know, I said to her, I could be like all these kids, like who try super hard, like because I'm really smart. You know, I just didn't put in the work, Alina, like I was such a narcissist. Like I was like, I just didn't want to do the work, but I'm actually really smart. And she actually says to me on the phone, she says, you're not that smart because the kids that are that smart realize that if they don't put in the work it won't happen so you could be smart all you want or think you're smart but you're not putting in the work and i just like i, I remember i was sitting in like the world gym parking lot and i was like holy shit like i have the nerve to say that i have all this ability but i don't use any of it and then i turn around and i act like that so i was like you know what screw it like what's the worst that could happen i'm going to hair school and i had been telling so many people that i was going to go to hair school and i never did and then i finally did and um you know 
that was it was kind of like the rest was history with that you know i mean it's so funny like the minute that i went to hair school like i just wanted to touch hair like i just wanted to be around it like like you know that first month of hair school where you don't really touch hair or like that first couple months you're just like watching videos and you're just like itching to do it i feel like every person that's like super hungry and like really wants it like you're coming home from school and like you're finding somebody and you're doing hair in your house like i feel like that's just always what's happening and then that was at the point where i actually um I actually quit working. Um, I actually quit working at Odette's for a little bit because I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and do hair in my house, you know. Um, and that was a really risky decision at the time. That was a, that was a really baldy decision because my parents were not helping me pay for school at all, and I, they didn't want me to take out a loan. So I was like, you know, what? I'm just gonna make it happen. So I drove out to Bristol and I bought a sink attachment, but it wasn't like a real sink. It was not, I bought two sinks at the time. It was like a bunch of like, you know, when they sell stuff like on Craigslist, I get like for like 175 bucks and it's like a whole bunch of like shit in somebody's garage. So I had bought like two different sinks. One of the sinks was like a tube attachment with a garbage can. And you basically just pour the water pitchers onto the person's head and it funnels into the tube. And then you empty the garbage can like into your backyard. So that's what I was doing for the first like three months of hair school. And my father at the time, he was like, you know, I'm not running plumbing in this house for you to be doing like one person a week. Like that's stupid. You know, you like, he was like, you need to be doing like five people a week in order for that to be actually worth my while. Cause you know, my parents wanted to see me succeed, but they didn't want to keep handing me shit, you know, because I, I was being a brat. And I think just in general, like, you know, I think getting stuff handed to me wasn't going to do me anything, you know? Um, so I was like, you know what? Your challenge accepted. Like you're on. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna get so many people in here. And then, like I told you before, like you know, the power of social media. Like I know it's like a love hate relationship for a lot of people, but I'm definitely more on the love side than hate. You know, because I think that it gives you an opportunity to build a book so much quicker than you were able to even five years ago, even ten years ago. You know, I mean, especially with where it's at now. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, social media helped me build my business, helped me build. I mean, it helps everybody build their business. It's just like, are you using it? Or are you letting it use you? You know, are you using it mindfully and intentionally? Or are you just numbing out with it? Yeah. Yeah, that's so incredibly true. And you know what? I just I just feel like I'm I just feel like I'm so incredibly grateful for it. Like sometimes, you know, you, you get you're gonna have your days with it where you're like, oh my God, I just like, it's, it's blurring so many boundaries in my life. And like recently, like even, you know, I've had to like kind of unplug for a little bit, but you know, when you're in the beginning and when you're building up your book and you're building up your business, like to me, it was so fun. Like to me, it was like, oh my God, the more that I post and the more, like nobody had to tell me like, oh, you got to post every day. Like I just wanted to, like, I was like, I just want to make sure that, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and I feel like you can't, I mean, in a way, like you could teach that, especially with like, like older generations who like kind of don't understand this like new age. But I feel like as far as a young hairdresser, like, like a young, new, fresh hairdresser, like there is just a fire burning inside me at all times that I was like, I'll take anything I can get. I'll do it at any time of day. And I felt like I was manifesting, manifesting, manifesting so much that like it's just it just kept happening you know it just kept exploding so i mean like i did one of my best friends and she was in a sorority at the time and i had made business cards at staples and she handed out my business cards to all the girls at her sorority and like i was a month in hair school doing an entire sorority's hair so it was like you know i think that i mean and i'm not saying that to like brag i'm just saying like you know the power of of marketing and the power of being online is so 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 great you know so 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know, I love that you said no one had to tell me to post once a day. Yeah, like, no, I, I, I don't. That's I mean, a yeah. huge thing. Like th sorry. that's, I feel like, no, don't be sorry. I feel like that's like the difference between like passion and checking off a box. Like with that kind of stuff, like being passionate about marketing and social media. Like I also, another thing we have in common, am extremely passionate about marketing and how I got here today was being passionate about showing people what I can do. So like for me, like getting the picture and getting the content is part of the service. It's just part of the, the, the whole experience and part of the service. Mm -hmm. So like when you do your guest hair, you're doing your before after all of your content and it's like almost not complete until it's posted. It's like, it's, it's yeah. just part of it. And like, I, I can totally relate to like Facebook and in the beginning of like wanting to share what you do and almost as like a fuck you, like, look what I can do. Like to all the people who don't believe yeah. in me, like it was really and just like, look what I can do. Gina Bianca hair, Gina Bianca hair, Gina Bianca hair. And I see you, Danielle does hair, Danielle does hair. I'm like, she's a savage. <laughs> Like I see yeah. you. It's so funny because at the time, you know, like, so I knew about you in high school, like, like before I was even doing hair, like there were girls coming into like my homeroom class and they were like, I went to Gina Bianca hair, like, you know, and they were even talking about like your wash sinks at the time. Like, Savage. you know what I mean? Like, like you're just like, you're, they were talking about how like your wash experience was like crazy. And I remember when I was in school, like, I remember, I don't know if it was when I was in school or a little bit of some time after, but there was a certain time where you were live and you were like you said something about like you have to be your own hype man like you know you have to like get in the car and like listen to eminem and like put on like lose yourself and just like rock the fuck out and be like this is it like i'm gonna be a savage like i'm gonna do everything that i possibly can like you're gonna know who i am and it's like you know i think that like i think that that's really the ticket like you know i mean and if you have the passion for it like that is what, like you know you have to have also like i think it's a little bit so I think it's a little bit toxic, like at least for me, it was a little bit toxic, like to, to always do it for like the validation. Like, you know what I mean? Especially in the beginning, because I felt like I had come from being such like a loser and like, I'd come from being somebody who was like always failing. So I felt like I had something to prove, but like once you kind of flip that and you kind of like flip that in your mind as to like, you know what, the only person that I have to prove stuff to is myself like that will completely change for you. You know, definitely in the beginning, I don't think that a little validation though, like, especially in the beginning, like, I don't think that was bad, you know? I mean- um, But it becomes an addiction. Like when I went to yeah. treatment, like one of my biggest addictions is love addiction. It falls under sex and love addiction, but I'm more of like the love mm -hmm. addict. And that's from like, you know, they say like when you don't get what you need as a kid and then you get bullied really, really bad, you kind of like get, get addicted to people who see you and who understand. So likes, comments, shares, saves, all of those things that we like strive for. And like, mm -hmm. you know, the attention on social media is a form of love addiction. We get it in relationships. We get it on social media. We get it in all different ways. And that for me, with social media being such a huge part of my career for like the past decade, it, it's super addicting. I struggle with it still to this day. I talk about it. Like I struggle, 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 struggle with it because, you know, for me, it's just something I know how to get it. It's almost like mm -hmm. how people get addicted to like porn and cams and stuff like that. Like mm -hmm. people, I like, I met some incredible women who like, I don't know, they were doing the cams and stuff like that and they don't even get paid for it. They just do it for the validation and for someone to tell them they're beautiful. And it's not, it's like no joke. Like it's an actual addiction. And when you're starting out, I hope I'm not going too far for you, but when you like start no, not out, at all. 
like when you're starting out online and if you like are are trying to prove something which a lot of us are a lot of hairdressers come from troubled backgrounds a lot of hairdressers come from wanting to prove something you know people say hairdressers won't even make money you know so hairdressers from the beginning like a lot of us have something to prove and utilizing social media and all that it could be really addicting because once you discover the formula of how to be successful on it it becomes addicting because you get the validation mm -hmm. through a, a number you can even measure and then if you lose if you lose followers gain followers all of those things it does become toxic so i told i'm glad you said that i totally agree with you yeah i mean it 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 came to a point for me though where like it got so toxic that it just it wasn't fun anymore i think that it became it became fun again when i came to my salon when i ended up opening up my salon and that's because i felt like i was kind of like i was kind of really trying to recognize who i was as a person and like really kind of suck the toxic out of me you know i can definitely admit to being toxic for myself and like possibly toxic for other people's lives like in my life you know when I was in that like competitive mode and in that like I have to be on top type of you know mode so when I had got to my salon I was like you know what I'm just gonna post like what I think is awesome and like I'm just gonna be like I, like I, I was so afraid before I even was in my salon to like get on camera like or get on stories and I remember like I worked with um I worked with Alyssa at Color Spectrum Salon and she was so great at just like getting on her stories and like speaking and just talking and I was like in my head like and I had even said to her like wow like how does she do that like how does she just like really just do that all the time and it was because like you know what she doesn't care what people think. you know she goes and she puts herself out there and she makes the content that she wants to make and she doesn't care what people think and I just like I was almost like in a way like I would see that and I'd be like but I can't do that you know like I like I would always be afraid of what people would say and it's it goes back to seeking validation because you're like are people gonna like it are people gonna unfollow me are people gonna like this picture are they not gonna like this picture like well what about this car that's in the background of this hair that I did like you know what I'm saying so I was like you know when I got to my salon I finally was just like you know what that gave me the validation that finally get like people always say like you know and this is no fault to like independent renters because i think the independent renters are, are freaking badasses i think they're they're amazing um when i became a salon owner i finally understood when people would say like well my name is on the door you know i finally understood and that finally gave me what i felt like i had been searching for for four years and i lost it for a little bit because i was so like people you know what's funny is like we ask for people's opinions like of ourselves you know and they give them to us and it's really their perception of us you know what I'm saying so like people would tell me like oh you're an artist like you're more of an artist than you are like you don't have that like business owner mind you don't have that but it's like I, I was doing things like that were business ownery you know what I mean for I mean that's not even a word but like for for four years like I was branding myself like everything was Danielle does hair like I was always trying to be innovative and I love my I love my clients so much and I got to a point where I was so stressed out because I had all these ideas in my head that I just didn't know how to execute and it became to a point where like I couldn't even focus on conversations with my clients like I know now because I know myself I know that I'm really stressed when I cannot remember things that my clients told me I can't focus on the relationships that I have with them I mean these are people that I've known for four years like these are people that like have picked me up off the floor like when I had a breakup or like you know vice versa like like how am I not gonna like be present for that type of conversation and keep me like you know oh you're just an artist like you don't even focus on like you know the relationship building and you know I didn't know myself at the time so I was like yeah like maybe I am like just an artist like maybe that's what I am like I'm just meant to be an artist and meant to like create dope hair and like that's it but like now that I know myself I'm like 
no, like I, I can wear all the hats. Like I am much more than that. Like I know exactly who I am as a person. Like you get what I'm saying? Totally. 100%. Like you're very self-aware and I'm really proud of you for that because it seems, it almost seems like you've done a lot of work on yourself in a sense of like, you like how the statement that you said, I know that I'm really stressed or, or, you know, I know that I'm not okay when I can't remember what my clients have told me, like a key indicator of like, whoa, I have to slow down and do X, Y, and Z, or I have to slow down mm -hmm. and look at myself or do some self-care or whatever that may be. I think that that's like really amazing. And I think that sometimes we numb out so much and we're so busy and we're in that human doing instead of human being state. And we're just doing, 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 and we're not even like here. Yeah. I mean, that was definitely, um, that was definitely me for a while, you know, I, um, yeah, it's, 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 it could be a really dark place. It definitely can, you know? So, I mean, I'm always thankful for my clients that have kind of like seen me in all phases and they just have like, accept, you know, and it's like, you lose some along the way, like you gain some, you know, you, you go through things in life. Like they always say, leave it at the door and like, you have to leave it at the door, but like to a degree, like we are human, you know? I mean, my clients come in sometimes and they're not the best version of themselves. And sometimes I wasn't the best version of myself. You know, I had been through things in my life. So, um, but, you know, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think leave it at the door. I think that leave it at the door is I think it's a good boundary to have in a salon in a sense of like if I'm a salon owner and I have a culture to uphold and I have mm -hmm. one person coming in all the time with these problems that nobody can solve only that person yeah. can solve those problems by going to therapy, getting help, um, you know, taking care of themselves, moving out of their toxic house that they're in all the time or doing X, Y, and Z. And it's almost just like, you know what, we can't help you with this. We can be there for you. We can listen, but at the end of the day, you know, if you have a big significant problem that nobody can solve and you're meeting your need for significance by being the center of attention and always having the biggest, most significant problem. And that problem is certainly always going to be there. Like you're meeting your needs at the expense of others. So I think that having mm -hmm. those boundaries and did that make sense? No, that totally made sense. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I kind of like, just like, bleh, bleh, I don't even like, I was like tongue tied <laughs> anyways, but like having the whole, leave it at the door you know, that's great. Like if you're dumping on people and nobody can help you, but yourself, it's good to have that leave it at the door boundary. But I have to be honest with you with my guests. I'm super real with them. I'm oh really, yeah. I'm real with my guests and I'm not going to sit around and complain about how my car broke down. You know, I'm going to sit there and be like, yeah, this is what's going on or what I, I always ask about them. But when they ask me things, I'm super honest with them and they love that and they love that connection. And I think it's just having that awareness of what's appropriate and what's not like, we don't want to talk about these controversial issues. That's going to like, you know, upset the people around us. But I think that you're right. Like they'll leave it at the door is good, but it doesn't mean we have to sit around and act like robots. And you have a huge clientele. Like you're a busy girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I've evolved with a lot of my clientele. Like a lot of my clientele remembers me like from when, I, like from years ago when I was like, I, I always say this to people, I'm like, you know what? I was 19 and I'm going to be 24. And I feel like even though it's, it's a little bit of a way, I feel like for me, there was such a change in my personality and there was such a change in maturity 
from those ages, you know, and it's like the clients that have stuck with me through those phases from when I didn't know myself. And like when I was the person who, if the conversation in the salon was toxic, I was toxic with the conversation. And if, you know, I was feeling blue that day, you know, all my clients were feeling blue. Like they stuck with me through that shit. Like now I, I feel like I'm so incredibly grateful for them because it's like, now I'm the person that like, you know what, if something's going on with me, I'm not burnt out at my job because I've established healthy boundaries. So you know what, it's my therapy to like really make somebody feel good that day. Like it's my therapy to like talk to somebody about, oh, like you got a new puppy, like that's amazing. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's my therapy to like be with my guests where it used to be another thing on top of my plate. You know, it used well, to be like another thing on my plate. But cup. Exactly. That yeah. saying, it's like I'm, such a cliche saying, but like if you're giving, 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 and then someone else wants something from you, it's like, fuck off. Like, mm -hmm. even if you have to, like, it, it's so hard. And I'm glad you set boundaries. Yeah, it was, it's definitely, it was hard to do because I had spent, and that's why, like, I'm, I'm very committed to spending this. I, I'm, I've been in my salon. I opened up in the pandemic. So I opened up June 1st um, when we were allowed to go back. So I promised myself that I will spend this year alone because I do want to evolve. And I do want to just make sure that I know that like I'm the person that I need to be to set a really positive vibe in my salon before I bring anybody on, you know, and just like business-wise, like I was even reading your ebook and you were like, you know, four to six, like you were breaking down like the, the years that people are stylists and it's like the four to six years, like, you know, now is the time where we jump into education. Now is the time where we jump into like renting or people out, you know, and now's the time where we jump, we jump, we jump. And it's like, you recommended like, you know, people really take some business courses, people really listen to others around them like before. And I really believe in that. Like, I don't want to make a move until, and I know that like mistakes are inevitable, you know, it's shit ton of mistakes. And I know I'm probably going to make a shit ton more because I'm going to be in hair probably until my feet stop working. But I mean, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't want to make like, major 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 mistakes like bringing on somebody that like doesn't fit my vibe or like you know because it's like then what do you do there you know what i'm saying like yes like you have to have those uncomfortable conversations at that point but it's like you know like i want to make sure that i know myself fully so that anybody that is in my culture i'm like okay this fits perfect like this is a this is a good thing you know yeah and i think it's really good to not hire out of desperation and be able to mm -hmm. you know take care of your business without relying on other sources of income you know if you can run the place on your income you're in a good spot yeah i i definitely um i definitely i definitely like where i'm at now you know it's so funny like like i i definitely like finances are i think every um hairdresser's least favorite part of doing hair you know doing and it's so funny i hate to be weird we do have the same accountant and the only reason that i know that is because he was on your podcast, but, um, I love him. No, yeah. And he had said to me, like, when I was going to go rent a chair, like I was talking to him about some stuff and he was like, I do have a salon owner who travels around the world and teaches. And I was like, well, only one person that I know in this area that's doing that. Like, you know what I mean? So, um, but no, I mean, for me, it's like, I don't, I used to focus so much on money. Like I used to focus so much on numbers. Like I even remember, like I was in a salon where like our numbers were actually posted up on the board as Not like, good. A, yeah, it, it, it was definitely at the time though, I swear to God, you know, like I was such a competitive person with me myself too. and also, also with others that I, I liked it. Cause I was like, if I'm at the top every week, I'm at the top and I'm, I'm doing the best that I can. And I was like working like six, seven days a week, like 12 hour days every day, you know, the just life. to Everybody keep that does, top you know I mean? slot. Not, 
just yeah, to keep that exactly. top spot. No one's taking it from me. You know, I worked my first salon had the same shit and I would not leave that top spot and everyone hated me for it. <laughs> yes, and I like and I was like, you know what? I would have hated me too because if I, Gina, I can't imagine what would have happened to me if I ever went down below somebody else. Like I remember I was taking a vacation and I was like working 2 days that week and I told everybody in the salon I was like, I just want to let you guys know the only reason that I'm going to be number 3 is because like I'm going on vacation like and it was like then I would go on vacation, Gina, and I'd I would like it would be the last day of my vacation and I'd be like bawling my eyes out because I'd be like, "Holy shit." I have to go back to that now. I have to go back to that life where I'm just like selling people retail who like, you know, I love selling retail because I love retail, but I hate this whole, like this whole pushing retail on people, like pushing exorbitant amounts. Like you can buy a little bit at each appointment, you know, if that fits within your budget. But like, I don't li like, I like to like inform people, but I was selling exorbitant amounts of retail to people all the time. And it was just to make a number. And that makes that makes you fake. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you know what I mean? Like if you're constantly overselling to people to be fake, you know, if you're constantly, I was trying to overcharge people. Like it was not, it was not like a good mindset for me, you know, and I will never go back to that. So that was really, when I had gone on to rental, I had started to rent a chair. Um, I kind of like had an opposite sort of thing. So I was like so burnt out from working and working, and working so much that I worked the least that I ever had in my life. And I used to do so much free photo shoot hair. Like I used to just do people's hair for free and just do rainbows. Like that's when you see like when I'm renting at um, Color Spectrum Salon, you see like a lot of like I was trying to get into like the editorial stuff for a little bit. Um, and then, of course, COVID hit, you know, and everything like that. But I just, for me, it was like, I had never established boundaries. So it was like, now that I finally was free, like to do that, I, I, I was like, I never want to be at work at all, you know? And that's, that's terrible too. Like that's a horrible thing to do. So I'm glad I found my happy medium, you know? Your work is so beautiful. I'm not just, <laughs> I'm looking at your page. Thank you. Cause you said that and now I'm like, I want to like, your work is so beautiful. It's like probably some of the best work I've like ever seen from anybody. Like, oh I just my God. Love it. Stop. I, I, I swear to God, I literally, so. I, I share it all the time. I'm like, Danielle, this hair is dope. I literally share that <laughs> all the time. <laughs> uh, one of the things that really helped me um, in hair and, you know, I want to include this because I think that, you know, if any, if anybody is like, is listening to this, I want them to hear this. One of the things that helped me get really clean shots of hair um, that behind the chair had told me was to do a backdrop. And I know that a backdrop's not for everybody, um, but I have a backdrop in my salon that I actually take outside, like no matter how cold it is, like I actually leave a jacket for my clients at the salon that's like a black plain jacket and I give it to them. Um, and I, I take it outside like with an awning over it, you know, and it's, um, it's definitely changed the way that my feed like kind of looks because you can see where I was taking it without the backdrop, which I kind of like that vibe too, like the window, but basically they had told me at behind the chair that like, um, I think it was, it was, um, Schmegson Bacon, her, I love her. name is, and she, she's so yeah, cool. She's amazing. Yeah. She's, I, I've only had like, like little bits and pieces in like the DMS here and there, but she is uh, like definitely one of my role models. She's amazing. She is um, such a nice person, Danielle. Like she, I got to know her, um, when I went out for BTC and she is such a, she's fucking awesome. I love her. She's so cool. So kind. She did a page evaluation. Yeah, she's so awesome. She did a page evaluation for me and she basically said like that I that I would really benefit from a backdrop. So um that definitely changed uh, the dynamic of my photos like majorly. And then always what you say, they're like smooth that damn cuticle. Like 
you know, blow dry that hair, like well, clean, it, you know, it's true because sometimes I'll have to go through, like I do the Instagram dissections all the time on, and like, I mean, I say the same thing over and over, but like sometimes the hardest conversation to have with a stylist is like, you need to improve on styling. Like it's your craft. That's the, it's harder for me to say than it is for them to hear. It's hard. You have to, you have to smooth down. Yeah. That's cuticle. a, that's a, com yeah, that's a complete element to like the picture taking in the Instagram. And once you master that, you'll be in a totally different space. Like I bring a, a can of shine spray and a can of hairspray and two combs outside with me, like just to make sure that like no hair is out of place. And that may be a little bit extra, but you know, I've done color on like textures that like are more prone to frizz. And if you have frizzy hair in a shot, like it's just not, it's just not going to be as aesthetically pleasing to the eye. And like, that's what people look for nowadays, you know, like that's what draws people to people's pages and draw, like, that's kind of why like influencers, um, like fashion influencers, they tend to have everything on the same filter, or the same preset. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. yeah. Your work is next level. I just love it. I share it all the time. I'm just like, I love her anyways. So <laughs> This yeah, you're great. awesome. You're awesome for that. Thank you. Yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, um, I mean, I just love to hear your story. So keep keep going. Pick up wherever you want. Um. So yeah. So I mean, I I'll guess I'll, I'll go into like opening my salon. So um, opening my salon was definitely the most stressful part of my life. Like the most stressful time in my life. Like like recently, you know. Um, and that's because I opened during the pandemic. So when the pandemic like officially hit, I was like. Like, I didn't know how to take it at first because I was so uninformed. Like, we all had all this crazy information. It was just so insane. So I was like, I'm not going to stop working until they tell me that I have to stop working because I don't know when I'm going to be able to work again. So I was like, you know, so nervous all the time. And I remember, like, when we were going to go back, like, I didn't realize how different things were going to be. And so there were, like, guidelines that came out from the state. And then there were, like, initial ad additional guidelines that where I was renting at um, she had put in place, which were really awesome. She had this really cool PowerPoint for everybody. And it was like very structured and really nice. But in my head, I was just like, I've never felt, and it wasn't any of me feel this way. It was just the whole situation. It's like, I've never felt so out of control in my life. And I've never felt like, like they say that like life is not promised, but it's really not. Like I had been telling, like I told Alyssa when I, I worked at Color Spectrum Salon, I mentioned that, but I'm going to mention it again. Um, I had told Alyssa when I was like sitting down with her before she um, had me rent there, I said like, you know, what's it like, like owning a salon? Like, you know, maybe I'd like to own a salon one day. And I had just like, I was so wishy-washy about the idea. But then when the pandemic hit, like I was like, I may never get to do this. Like, I was like, life is not promised. Like maybe, maybe I won't get to do this. So I was like, you know what? the time is now. And Alyssa was so kind enough where like, I broke my lease with Alyssa early, which she let me do, which was so nice. And I had nowhere to go. So I was like, you know what, sometimes you have to like follow what the universe is saying. But like other times you have to kind of like grab the universe by the balls and be like, No, you're my bitch. Like, I'm gonna do exactly what I want to do right now. I was like, if, if God wants me to do hair out of my car, I'm gonna do hair out of my car. But you know, I am going to create something. And I was like, I was on the phone with my boyfriend. I was on the phone with my parents all the time. I was like, let's go to every I, I got hooked up with a realtor. I, I went to every single space that I possibly could. Like I was ready to take out like a $20,000 loan and like redo an entire space. Like my boyfriend's an electrician and he's very handy. So like he was ready to like in 16 days because we were supposed to go back May 28th. So I was ready to like do this entire space. Plus TJ Maxx wasn't open, like no furniture stores were open. So my boyfriend and I were literally searching for furniture, like on the side of the road. So I'll, I'll go back earlier though. I had found this place in Southbury 
Southbury, Connecticut. And my mom was like, you should go there. And of course, like, oh, I'm such a brat. I was like, no, I don't want to go there. Like the rent's too high. And she was like, no, like, just go. Like I, it was, it was a barbershop. Like, so, you know, you might want to see it. So I was like, okay. Like, and I went, and the minute I walked in, I was like, oh my God, this is the space. And my dad was like, you have 16 days. Like you should just walk in and just start doing hair right the way it is. And I was like, no, like I, I want to do some cosmetic things. Like I ripped down the wallpaper, you know, like I said, my boyfriend and I were finding furniture. Like, I mean, he found me literally something on the side of the road for free as a cabinet and we painted it and refinished it. I went to a tag sale. Like I went to like just multiple different things. I found stuff in my garage. Like there's this weird like looking sun thing in my garage. I was like, hang it up. You know, it's going to look good. Spray paint it. Like I was like, whatever. Um, I did. I, one of the things I'm really proud of is I was able to completely like update the space and make it look great. And I did it um, for less than $4,000, um, which I thought was really great. Um, and then I was like, you know what? And, you know, I was really pissed when we couldn't go back May 28th. And I was like really mad about it because like I was just being like ignorant, you know, and that's just that's just something I'll say. Like I was being ignorant to like we how, were all mad. Yeah, we were all just mad. Like I was ignorant to like what was happening. You know, a lot of people were saying crazy shit and I was so mad. But then like it was a little bit of a blessing in disguise because then by June 1st, like I hit the ground running like I was ready to go. And, um, you know, then when I opened the salon, it's so funny because I had posted like that it was my give back to all my clients because I knew like they were going to love it. I was like, I can take one person a day here. They're going to feel amazing. Everything's going to be awesome. And you had actually commented and you commented on my thing and you were like, finally. And I was like, you know what? I feel like that too. <laughs> like, so is that the only I thing like, I wrote? I, I just wrote finally. Yeah. You, you, you just wrote finally. And it, <laughs> it was funny to me because I was like, you know what? It kind of makes sense. <laughs> like, you know, um, and that was it. So I, I just opened. I thought you already I, had a salon. <laughs> yeah, like so many people had, had said to me before, like, and it's funny because you were not the only person that said that because like when I was in my salon, I felt like in a way like I was back. Like I was back to like how I was when I was in my home salon. Like it was an intimate, you know, it's something that is mine. You know, it, it, I have I have all the control here. Like I control the environment, like I was saying before. You know, and I was so grateful for every single person that I was with beforehand. Like I got a taste of renting and being in a super awesome environment with Alyssa. You know, my um, my boss that I had before that, that I had worked for for two years, she really took me to a different place on a technical level because when I had graduated hair school, like, I mean, this is my personal opinion. When you graduate hair school, I think that you should have a mentor. Like, I don't think like you should, like graduating and going straight into renting, like, I feel like if, if you do that, like that's awesome for you. And I feel like that's amazing, but I feel like there is something to be said about having somebody in your corner that has the technical experience of somebody that's been doing it for like 10 years. Like, so I was with her and she taught me so much technically that I became more advanced than I would have if I just stayed in my house and then built up my clientele and then went straight to opening a salon. And then, like I said, you know, having Odette, you know, Odette's a G. You know, she's a G. Boss. I'm, ha I'm she gonna ask her to come to on as soon as we hang up from this. I'm gonna ask her if she'll come on. I know she will. Yeah. She better. <laughs> yeah, she has so much to offer the industry. Like she's she's helped both of us get to where we are. She's awesome. I love her. That that is a podcast that I would love to hear. This one yeah. with her. I would I would love to hear that. Totally. Yeah, she'll yeah. come on. So that's amazing. Like you and I, I just think it's really cool. Like, like I always thought you already had a salon because you were building your own brand since day one. 
Yeah, I, I definitely like it's weird because like like I said, I got lost in that like artist mindset. And I was like, I think I just want to be an artist. Like I think I just want and it's really because everybody around me was telling me that I was more so of an artist. But um, you know, then when I had gotten the salon, I was like, Oh my god, this is exactly where I was supposed to be the whole entire time. Like this I'm is so where I was just meant to be. So thank you. Yeah. So so much. I, I appreciate it, you know. I mean, I, I would say like I would say, like, I think that, you know what's weird? I feel like if I can do it, though, I feel like literally anybody can do it. Well, like, I'm not even saying that to be, like, any type of way. But I, Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. You're very resourceful. Like, it seems, and you're motivated. Like, you no. have that drive. You know? Yeah, I always tell people, like, the three things I tell people, like, I was telling my, my friend who's, like, getting into photography, like, I was telling her the other day, like, I think personally that there's three things that you need to be successful. Like, I think you need talent and I, I think you need talent and I think you need drive, but I think you also have to be open to constructive criticism. And I think that's a big one. And you know, what's funny is if you take all three of these things, you can't have just two of them because if you don't have drive and you just have talent and you're open to constructive criticism, you know, you won't do the work that actually needs to get you there. You know, if you have the drive and you're open to constructive criticism, you know, but you don't have the talent to back that up. Like, unfortunately, sometimes that's the name of the game. Um, you know what I mean? Like, like I'm not great with men's hair. You know, I don't try to fit a square into a round peg. You know what I mean? So sometimes you have to like find your niche and like go for it. And then at the same time, if you have talent and drive and you're not open to constructive criticism, like you're going to be your own worst enemy because you're just going to have a big ego, you know, and nobody's going to be able to tell you shit about anything. Like some of my biggest, um, help in the hair industry was people being able to tell me like, why did you let that walk out of the door? Like my boss brought me in the back room one time, like my, my, my second boss that I had. And she was like, girlfriend, that money piece was all the way like at the crown. Like you cannot be letting that out of here. Like she's never going to come back. Like, do you realize this? And it's like, people needed to like jerk me into like, oh shit. Like, you know, I, I can't be doing that, you know? And even like, you know, when you watch how your eye gets better when you're in hair school versus like when you first get out versus even now, like if I look at my work a year ago, like I can see how my eye has trained itself to be better because like I would take pictures of my work and then I would take pictures of my boss's work and I'd be like, why does it look different? Why is the placement a little bit different? Why, why doesn't mine look like that? And it's just because your eye gets better, but it's also because you have to be open to realizing, like I still tell people all the time, I, this is my famous line when I was with Lissa, I was like, I think there's so much talent out there that is like, like I feel like I'm an ant, like in the hair industry, you know, like on this huge like lawn because the talent that's out there, like, you know, you look at people like, I know you just posted him the other day, like you look at people like be seen, like those are the type of people that like I'm sending him to my clients i'm sending stuff of his work to my clients and i'm like dude look at this like i'm like don't you know what i'm saying like so you He's have to kind of realize like oh my god it's insane and you have to like realize like where you're at like and it's it, comparison i think is the thief of joy but it's also good to like have people that you aspire to be like like i think like like idolizing to a fault is really bad like i used to like religiously follow this one stylist and like look at her work look at her page all the time like constantly study what she did and my work was kind of starting to not look like my own like it was starting to look like a cheap walmart version of what she was doing you know what i'm saying so wow. you know what i'm saying like it's like you just you just have to find like you're like i i know my strengths and i know my weaknesses so it's but it's also about like just constantly improving your eye and constantly trying to to you know be better and do better so i mean I'm kind of, I kind of went off on a tangent, but <laughs> I think that you're brilliantly smart. Thank you. 
I think I, that you're I, brilliantly smart. Like <laughs> I get, I get honestly, Gina, I get a lot of what I, I I'm saying from you. I've, I've gotten a shit. Like I remember even like my first color melts that I was doing in the salon, it was a variation of something. And this was before like your pricing breakdown post. This was like really a while ago, not saying, I, I mean, you know how like that it really exploded like for you. Um, but even before that, like I was watching you like with your color melts at the sink, like a variation of my first color melt was like, was like, like something that you were doing. Like I took a lot, I was kind of like a silent watcher and I've taken a lot of what you have said and it has helped me build my business so much, you know? And it's so funny because I have so much respect for you because you know, when you get to the place that you're at in the industry, like, you know, that people say you know people say great but people also say negative you know people people because you know what it is people want to be where you're at and and they don't know how to get there and they don't you know what i'm saying so since they want to like people who are insecure like they'll be jealous in a way you know what i'm saying so like i remember just like looking at your shit and being like oh my god like i can't even believe that like somebody's doing that like in the hair industry like i was just telling my client the other day i was like i'm going Gina Bianca podcast. Like, I was like, I was like, you don't even know, dude. Like this, like this, like older woman, and she was like, oh my god, like really? And I was like, yeah, it's crazy. Like she's like, you know, because you've made just such an amazing reputation for yourself, and you are the reason that a lot of stylists are where they're at, even if they're not like directly messaging you that in your DMs. Like you know, I mean, when I was like 19 years old, like I was a brat and I was a hater, and I was like, oh, you know, like she ain't shit. Like you know, to like a bunch of different people. So like, I'll just, I'll just be open and honest on the air with you right now. I mean, I was a brat when I first was in the air industry, but you know, but then like I'd silently peep your shit and be like, oh, like I could use this. Like I could, I could do this. Like blah blah blah. You know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah. yeah, you're a big, big, big reason as to where, why I'm where I'm at right now. Well, I think you're so great. I literally just, I've been following you and you know what? My brother messaged me and he sent me a picture of your profile. Uh, it was like your Facebook. And he was just like, this girl's, <laughs> he, he says the nicest things about you. Your brother remember. and I were, your brother and I were the biggest goofs in hair school. Like I'm, I'm so, he, he, your brother is a really funny person. He's hilarious. So I'm, I'm honestly surprised like him and I didn't get like kicked out of class so many times because he is like, <laughs> he, him and I were just so goofy like it, it it was to like a whole nother level but i i love your brother and he always used to say like my sister's a shark in this industry like blah blah, blah. and i'd be like i know dude like you know i, I like your, your sister's a boss and then you know what he said to me one time he was like it's weird because like so many people are like your sister's like such a boss and i'm like you know like like i like she's my sister you know <laughs> you know yeah. like it, it's such a you know it's such a weird thing but yeah, well it's, no, i have I a think, very um, interesting reputation in watertown I have an interesting reputation where I come from and that's cause like, you know, and I'm not sorry for it. No, you, know? you shouldn't be. Absolutely I'm not. not. You know, I, I was always very self-conscious of that. Like what people think of me or if I'm too some, if I'm too much or not enough and in between, but you know what? I am who I am. And I, I appreciate you saying that about um, me having an impact on you. I mean, I didn't like, I feel like I've been following you and watching you and I'm just like, she's awesome. She's awesome. And I just want to, I just want to cheer you on. You know, I think that you're amazing and I'm glad that some of my stuff has had an impact, but you know, you're, you're just killing it. And I'm just so proud of you. And I know we don't know each other. Like I feel like we know each other way better now after this podcast, but like, <laughs> I was yeah, like, 
I just really wanted to like you I really wanted to just get to know you number one and number two like just I everybody follow her Danielle does hair I just I have like this feeling about you I think you're awesome I think you're an amazing artist and you're brilliantly smart like you're super self-aware and you're a go-getter and you have that emotion like that almost like that um uh, creative people are usually how do I say like I'm pretty like fucked up yeah, oh yeah. I don't think you're crazy. fucked up, but creative people are usually coming from some kind of adversity or some kind of trouble and they find something that they can take all of that crazy energy and instead of getting in trouble, they take it and they turn it into something that you can't even touch. Yeah, so that that's like a, such a perfect way to say it because I totally resonate with that so much. Like when I didn't have this during the pandemic, like I think that's why there was such an anger inside of me. Like my heart went out to, and it still goes out to like the people in California and like, you know, even the people that message me that are in other countries right now. And, you know, I just feel like we're so incredibly blessed to be able to work right now. Like we're so, so, so incredibly blessed. Like, I, you know, I, I can't, I used to be a very negative person and I can't, I can't be negative because honestly, I'm, I look at my life after like, cause nobody had ever asked me before about my story. Nobody had ever asked me anything until you. And like, I just feel like as entrepreneurs, you're just like going and going and going and you never really look at the past. You just kind of keep going and keep going forward. But like when you would ask me, I realized like, you know, this, this has been, this has definitely been uh, a, a long time that I've been doing this and I've been feeling negative and you know I'm lucky to be alive I'm lucky to be here on this planet today because there's a lot of people that you know were in my circle that honestly some are not doing great and you know I pray for them constantly and I know some people that I used to hang around that like are, are not even alive and you know I think about how that could have been me, you know, going 90 miles an hour on the highway when I was 16 years old, like not telling my mom where I was just to get like a rush of anger out of my whole family. Like, you know, um, I even resonate so much like with your sobriety, dude, like with how open you are about that, like so that impacts so many people. But like, you know, I can't complain about much because I'm lucky to be here. I'm lucky to be alive, you know, so as as dramatic as that may sound, I mean, that's it's how true, I feel. Though. It's true. And that gratitude is going to get you far and not even like you want it to get you anywhere. But you, you, we're always going to have challenges in life. We're always going to have struggles in life. And one of my biggest things I'm trying to like overcome is like my constant worrying, stress and anxiety, because there's always going to be challenges. There's always going to be struggles. Like, yes, we can be relaxing and everything going good. And then something happens. Oh, yeah, that's life. But like, it's really being grateful every single day for every single thing that you have. And you're right. Thank God were alive. I was listening to Lady Gaga in an interview about COVID and she was just like, just imagine people had less than nothing and then COVID happened. And I was just like, yeah. damn, that like hit me in the face. And I'm over here. Our salon is open. We're doing great. Like, yeah, my classes got canceled. And that was my like big story of like, woe is me. Like I was so like, I had mm -hmm. worked for this whole dream, blah, blah, blah. People want to have a client in their chair and I'm over here bitching and moaning. And I really had to check myself on that because, you know, not only did it launch me 10 years into the future with online education, like it is all happening for us. And like to not be complaining and to always look for what is good in your life. That's life. There's always going to be twists and turns. There's always going to be shit going on. There's always going to be things mm -hmm. that could be better. There's always going to be people like you know, trying to fuck up your day. But at the end of it, like literally just being in a house with heat and hot water, 
Like that's you're so blessed. That's a huge blessing. And at my classes, sometimes I say this and people always look at me like I have 20 heads because they're like, well, what do I do if this guest doesn't, um, if this guest no shows me all the time. And I'm just like, there's three ways you can handle anything. The first way is you can deal with it because half of the world shits in a hole does not have plumbing. Yes. I've heard you say this. Yeah. Like literally does not have plumbing. Mm -hmm. You can also create a system or you could fire the guests. These are the three ways, like stop complaining about it and just make a decision, you know? And some of the decisions we have to make is just sit there and be like, you know what? This is a freaking champagne problem. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, and you know what, some people want to live, they, they don't want to admit it. And I, and I know this because I was one of those people, they want to live in that toxic mindset. They want to live in that negative mindset. You want to know why? Because even though they're complaining that it's hard, it's actually easier because actually getting out and doing the thing and holding yourself accountable and being like, no, you're being an asshole right now. You need to like actually figure your shit out. You know, I mean, that's like a general way of putting it, but like, I mean, that, t- that is hard work. That's actual hard work. One of the biggest things I realized in my life is, and I always have these crazy problems. Like you guys, you, you say I'm a, my brother says I'm a shark or like whatever. Like I do have pretty big problems. Like the problems that I have, if, if somebody like the amount of financial, like stress and the amount of overhead stress, like some of the problems that I have, someone would pass out if I actually shared like the, the challenges that I have. So something that I used to do even to Steve, to my family, to my close friends or to people within my business is I would share these big problems that they couldn't help me with. They can't even understand it because they're not in it. And I would share and like always have these problems. And I realized through my Tony Robbins training, to be honest, and through some of the work I've done on myself, we can meet every, all human beings. Have you heard the six human needs? Mm -mm. So it's like all human beings are trying to meet a certain set of needs. So we all have six human needs. There's certainty, uncertainty, significance, love and connection, growth and contribution. So the top needs usually are certainty, significance and like those and they're pretty toxic. Like, And I realize that like having these problems, I can either have a big certain problem that I'm never going to fix. It's comfortable to have something that's always around. And I can have a big significant problem that nobody can fix. And I can meet my needs that way by always having these certain problems that are the biggest problems. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Or I can meet my need for certainty and significance by making certain and significant changes in my life. Wow. That is change or not. Yeah. Incredibly deep work that that that's hard to do though. I mean, do you give yourself a lot of props for that? Yeah. Like, I mean, I, my biggest struggle is that like, I know better. So like a lot of the times I'll have these, like, like right now I'll be honest, like I'm going through this weird thing with my phone because now that clubhouse is out and I'm sure that people who are like having that FOMO about it, like I, I have the realization the same with like Instagram when it really started picking up, I'm like, okay, this is the next big thing. So I have to be on it. And I see like behind the chair on there 24 hours a day, I see like all these people on there like 24 hours a day. And I'm just like, I'm not enough. I'm not doing enough. I'm going to be left behind. I'm going to be forgotten. I'm going to be like X, Y, and Z. And like, I have all these fears and it gets me really toxic on my phone. Like it's super toxic addiction to my phone. Like I was on clubhouse for 24 hours last week and I'm not complaining because I literally, yeah, I, I literally am growing. I'm getting, building my following. I'm helping people through coaching, but I'm just on my phone, like physically, like looking at a rectangle for like 40 to 50 hours a week. And it's like, the worst part about it is I know better. 
So like wanting to make, it's like ignorance is bliss, right? So it's actually taking action and doing those things. And it's, I struggle with it too. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's really like, it's a relatable issue because none of us want to be left behind and with social media, it's so amplified. So I guess I do give myself props for making changes, but there's still always that feeling of just like, oh, fuck, I know better, put it down. Or like, I always have like those feelings too. I think that because social media too has become so um, personalized too, that there's always going to be that point where like it reels us back in and then we have to like suck ourselves back out of it. Like, I don't even know the magnitude. I can't even imagine and or fathom the amount of people that try to speak to you during the day. And also just all the problems that you feel like, because I, I don't know why, but I get a sense from you that you're like, you're a little empathic. So I just feel like you want to take on so many people's stuff. Like I even like put out a post like, and I'm not, I'm not even nearly to the level that you're at. And I remember you DM me on this, um, and you kind of like were trying to help me with this. And I, I had people like messaging me for formulas and messaging me like and messaging me and messaging me. And I was trying to get back to every single one with like very detailed responses because I was like, I have to do this. I'm growing my following. I have to be this person all the time. Like I have to be able to like, I want people to know that like, you know, Danielle responds and Danielle helps and Danielle does this. Same. And I do the same thing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be the one that's like, it, that ignores people, especially like people say the kind, they, they start it with like, the kindest things you know and they admire you and, and they and they look up to like what you're doing and I want to help so much because I just want everybody to be so incredibly happy and feel successful and I know that's corny but that's really how I feel so like I even got to a point where I was like oh my god I am not having good boundaries with this like I'm messaging all these people all the time and it's just it's just not good for me like I'm always on my phone like I'm watching a movie with my boyfriend and I'm like messaging this person back from Italy who's on lockdown who wants me to recreate a formula for them for like a 7r like you know what I mean it was so crazy and first off like i said before i can't even imagine the scale that it's at with you but i can definitely relate on a, a much smaller level because like i have a little less following so i definitely can relate well i was even saying to you i was just like okay so there's obviously a need for your expertise i can help you with that I can totally help you with that kind of stuff. We'll talk. We'll talk. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would love to talk about that in the future. Yes. Yeah, we'll talk for sure. I was yelling at my dog. Sorry. <laughs> but, um, no, it's okay. No, no it's we'll, okay. we'll talk about that for sure because um, actually, hang on one second. No worries. Um, yeah, I can definitely help you with that, by the way. But um, it's when you have people messaging you for all of that stuff, it's like really hard not to respond because you know what it's like when someone doesn't respond. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, especially in the beginning when I'm like messaging people and all I would kill for a response. I'd kill for a tip. I'd kill. And even now I message people all the time. Like I message, I, I message people I look, I look up to and when they don't respond, I feel like shit, you know I mean? But it's not so, so much I feel like shit because you know what? I'm not, I'm going to take that back. I do know that they're a person. Like a lot of like, and that's what I have to remember when people message me, they know that you get a lot of messages. They're grateful. Like when you, when you answer, especially like, you know, especially you, like I can't even put myself in that situation so much as I can you because like, (laughs) it's, it's just a lot, you know, it's, 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 it's a lot. And, and like I said, like, as I grow my following, it's like a love hate because I feel like it's going to ruin and it's going to pull me that I'm going to have to unplug, you know, it's just something that it's another boundary, you know, it's up to us to make those boundaries. And I'm still working on it. Yeah. I always have that need to help. And I never want someone to feel like I ignore them. Um, but I'm, I'm working on solutions. You know what I mean? Like mastermind was a big solution. So now I have a message. I'm just like, Hey, I can't do Q and a in my DMS. I'm a person. Love you so much. I don't want to just diss you and not respond. Like join 
mastermind and post in a mastermind I answer on Fridays. And like, I really try, but like, I'll get a hundred to 200 DMS a day, all questions, all questions. And it's just like, I try so hard yeah. to answer them all. And I usually get to the most of them, but I feel empty at the end. I feel burnt. You know what I mean? And I never want people to stop messaging me because I always have a solution for them, but I don't know how long it'll be where I can keep you know, and even Steve is just like, it's just like an extra 30 hours a week of <laughs> responding. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. But you know what? It is a love hate because I would kill. And when I was first starting my career, I would kill for someone to ask me anything. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And that's why I even felt bad. Like saying what I said about the formulas, you know, I felt like, I felt like in a way, like I had basically just said to people like, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of not benefiting you to ask me for a specific formula for a color because, you know, like I don't even write down formulas at all. And that's like something I just, that's just something I got from Lisa loves balayage because I know that she doesn't write down formulas and she had said like, you know, every time like to make it a little bit different, but that's not even like the point that I'm going on. Um, what I'm saying is like, if I want to replicate a picture for my client, like I want to use like my knowledge and like what I've learned and like what I've learned for in paid classes and you know, just things that, I mean, even on YouTube, like even with the free education, your education that you, that you graciously give to people for free all the time. Like I'm not going to be jumping in somebody's DMS, like begging for them to like teach me something right there about a specific situation. You know what I mean? Yeah, like if I, I want to learn a color line. Yeah, no, I don't I, even I, I don't, respond to that I, anymore. Yeah. And I, I and I don't, you know, I, I kind of got to stop feeling a little bit bad about it. I mean, it's just like when you're at where like I'm at and I know, cause you've been like where I'm at, cause you've grown. Um, obviously everybody started from zero, you know, I'm, I'm at that spot where I'm like, I'm grateful that people are just even messaging me. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I'm grateful that people want to learn from me to begin with, you know? So it's, it's definitely a love hate. Yeah, totally. But there are, and I, I think that another worthy thing to share on this podcast is there's no such thing as a stupid question, but there is such thing as a lazy question. Like, have you done everything yes. that you can to find the answer? Or are you just treating me like a human computer? Like literally, mm -hmm. and I, that's like my biggest pet peeve is when people will message me and they are just treating me like a computer. Like if they don't say hello, I say, first of all, hello. And then I don't say anything yeah. else until they like get their shit together because like I'm a person and I'm not like, I don't owe anybody anything. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, you know, if people, if people have to come correct and like people will send me like a four page essay about something going on at work. And I'm just like, why don't you book a coaching call? Or why don't we schedule some time where I can, like, I can't give them a good answer. And it's hard for, it's hard for me and you who are trying to give the best answer possible. But if we have no context, if we're in between something, if we're driving, do you know what I mm -hmm. mean? Like there's like so much stuff in, but it all comes down to the boundaries that we set with the phone. And there's ways to have solutions or you just don't respond. Some people, their boundary is just no response. Some people um, pay somebody to do their DMs. Some people have auto text that they can do. And some people like us, we're just like, ah, <laughs> trying to yeah. There's no, so yeah, many like, solutions. Try, it's the love addict. It it's the love addict. <laughs> oh, sorry. Did you hear my laptop just fall? You're fine. I said, it's the love addict. Sorry, us. my laptop just like, oh, sorry. Sorry about that. No, you're fine. Yep. <laughs> it really is. It really yeah. is. But I want to hear just That's... a little bit about your business. And I wanted like you specialize in reds and you take one guest mm -hmm. a day and you work morning. You work um, like early in the morning or a couple of guests, guests so a day. 
we like DM'd it. So this is like more of my winter schedule. And this is going to sound so corny, Gina, but I'm basing my how I work based on like kind of when the sun goes down because I hate working in the dark alone at night. I just hate it. You know, I can't have a ton of weapons. I don't like to work at night. So um, I'm a morning person. And I also personality wise, I work better in the morning. So in the winter, you know, I know the sun in Connecticut, it sets it around like 4 or 5 p.m. You know, it also cuts into like my picture time because I do things outside. So for me, I work best. Um, about 10 to 4 or 10 to 5 throughout the winter so because of that i choose to work six days a week so that i don't have to pick up those shifts at night you know and just in general that works better for me in the summer when you know the sun is setting at like eight o'clock and you know I'm, I'm getting pictures at 5 6 p.m you know i'm taking people like 10 to 8 and i'm working more so like four or five days a week you know that that works a little bit better for me in my schedule um specializing in red hair for me it was really more so that back in 2018, when I had first um, got into like doing like, like it's not, it's like you get it to a point in your hair career where you feel like you're ready to kind of like put your own spin on your work, you know, um, or you just want to like do different touches. I always had a ballsy clientele. I always had clientele that was like willing to try different shit, like put different stuff in their hair. And that's because I'm a ballsy person. Like I, I was like that too. So your clientele is like a reflection of you. Um, so it had become fall of 2018. I want to get this here. Right. And it was like that weird time in fall where, you know, the time it's like, everybody already went back to school and then it's like, not really like November yet. So it's like that weird downtime, like September, October, where your book is kind of looking like, eh, which like, you know, where I was working, she was like, there's really no excuse for your book to ever be a little bit slower. So I was like, okay, I got to get moving. Like I got to get something. I got to get something in here. Um, and I was like, you know what, like, I feel like now I'm just going to market like the fall hair, like you, you were mel um, marketing, I think it was melting into fall at the time, or you were marketing like a, like, like just fall in general, but I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was melting into fall. Melting into fall, and yeah. I had, yeah. And I had taken that and I'd be like, you know what, that's a really smart idea. And I was like, I'm going to market like fall hair to people. And you know what? This is, I'm going to say it. I don't even care. At the time I was, because of where I was working and I just hadn't taken enough classes yet, I was using permanent color for a lot of what I was doing. So, you know, like when you do like a low light with like an R and like an NC, like in a permanent, like it's like that really, really, really intense, like apple cinnamon type of thing. So I was just like putting low lights in that in people's hair. And I was just telling people like, why don't you try it? Like, why don't you try a little bit something different for fall, you know, for the pumpkin patch, you know what I'm saying? Like all this stuff. And um, that catapulted into red hair because I always had a knack for red hair. Like I always liked it because in my mind, when I think of red hair, I think, okay, you're eliminating all the levels that we hate, which is nine, 10. And then that like disgusting level 11 silver that fries everybody's hair off that most people can't pull off, but everybody wants it because when I was going to hair school, like the trend was ash to the gods, you know? So you're eliminating those three levels when you do red hair um, and you're doing what every hairdresser wishes they could do, which is stopping the hair at warmth and the hairs feel so much better that way also i know this is an unpopular opinion but so many people look so much better with warmth like so many skin tones and like i said i was in the the time where like the peak was ash and the peak was silver so during that whole melting into fall where i had kind of been seeing what you were doing i was transitioning people like to do more fun things with their hair and then the more I would post that because you remember I post everything that I do I post everything all the time so if you look back into my page like back when I was at um at, like first at the first space that my second boss was at um 
I was always marketing that. So then it's like I would put like an apple cinnamon up and then somebody else would come in and they'd be like, I want this. And of course I would do that on somebody else, but it would look different because everything looks different on every person. And then it just catapulted into the more warmth that I put out there, the more warmth I got. I wasn't posting icy blondes. I wasn't posting platinum cards. I wasn't posting stuff like I was posting warmth. And then, of course, Greta actually did my hair ginger. Um, and it's because I, I saw this girl in hair school that, that was like so ginger. And she was like ginger before like anybody was really going ginger. So I was like, oh, shit, like I want that hair. And Greta actually did it for me. She took me from like a level four to a ginger in um, a couple of sessions. And I was grateful for that. I was like, I'm going to own this shit. Like, I'm, I'm, I love red hair. And it's just my favorite color. Like, I know that's corny, but I just love it. So um, I was just doing it on all my guests and, you know, like like even to this day like like i i love specializing i love what it's done for me but i think you can do that with anything like i don't sit around and say like i want a book full of vivids or i wish i could specialize in vivids like i just i just start doing it on a mannequin or like even recently at my slide like i took something for free this year like i took this girl's hair um to do like a green on her because nobody ever does green and no clients are sitting down in my chair saying hey i want to do green because i'm posting reds all the time you know what i mean so I took some girl's hair, I put her in a leather jacket. I did her hair for 10 hours. I did a green. I took a shit ton of photos and I did a reel. I'd never done a reel before. I wanted to learn the interface. So I think that that's what specializing is. Specializing is taking what you want to do and being like, okay, I'm going to market the shit out of that and see what comes back to me. So that was, that's my whole spiel on that. I love it. And I love, I love the boundaries of when you work. Like, uh, I love the timing. So like it works, you go, you're up and down with the sun. That's really great. And it, it's, you're so serious about your marketing and your photos. I'm so happy, you know, what melting into fall is. That's my favorite technique that we do. Um, and yeah, that's amazing, Danielle. Like, I mean, it's such good advice for anyone just starting out or a stylist who just wants that direction. Like, I just think you're awesome. I think that that's like, Thank such, you. it's such, it, this episode is so awesome for just people to be inspired or if they're still stuck or if they just like need the push or like they're they're not knowing what to do next like I just love it so I think this was awesome thank you so much for having me here I super appreciate that more than you could ever know like I think I think it's even amazing to be sitting here having a conversation with you let alone something that's going to benefit people it's going to elevate the beauty industry. I really love your story. I watch you. I think you're a stylist. That's like super amazing. And like, I think that every stylist wants to be like you in a sense, specializing in what they love, having a dope uh, social media in their own place or doing their own thing, or, you know, like having their own business, whether it's a salon or rental or suite or whatever, the independence, they want to have like what you have. And I think you've created a great name for yourself. And I think that hearing how you got there is going to encourage people on their journey. So thanks for sharing your story with us you're so welcome i mean thank you thank you for having me i i truly appreciate it so much yeah my pleasure so you guys if you want to talk to danielle dm her <laughs> yeah yeah definitely yeah. no i'm i'm grateful for that just just send me a hello just just say just you know definitely greet me and i will i will definitely don't dm her back. a formula question tell her if you heard the podcast <laughs> and that you love her because she's awesome and make sure you give her a follow is there anything else you'd like to share where they where can they follow you um, they can follow me on Instagram at um, it's underscore Danielle does hair because the original Danielle Sarah, Danielle does hair I wasn't able to get but it's underscore Danielle does hair and then um, I'm also on Clubhouse I'm new to Clubhouse um, I got it I'm I'm the dude with the sunglasses I got red sunglasses on there but it's just Danielle Fusco on Clubhouse. Love it. Well, thanks, Danielle. Thank you for sharing your story. I think this was absolutely amazing. It's awesome to get to know you, and I really appreciate you spending yeah. the time. 
Thank you so much, Gina. My pleasure.